today I told the world I love Jesus. Hey, I got this shirt from here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you probably couldn't tell this, but she's Cammie's niece. <laughs> and so you understand what I'm saying. Speaking of Cammie, she's going to come up here and give us a testimony on passing out tracks this last week. I told the staff to be ready. I'm going to call on somebody every week for a while. And she said, I just know I'll be first. I didn't want to disappoint her. I really didn't think I'd be first. Oh, well, the mic's off. <laughs> You'll get it. Yes, hello, check, check. Can you hear me? Oh, there we go. Okay, well, okay, so, um, uh, well, I've, I've handed a few out, but uh, the, the one that, um, in particular, it looks like this. So I went over to my friend Kelly's house, and she, I know it's my friend, but you can give these to your friends too, and strangers. Um, but I went over and I, well, I went to swim at her pool, but before I went outside to swim, I handed it to her like this, and she said, where will I be tomorrow? She goes, I'm going to be with a bunch of teachers. And she set it down, and she walked away. <laughs> but she did end up texting me later and said, hey, I want to come to church with you sometime. So, and you know, I didn't, I prayed over it before, but she, and she's great. She kind of believes in a little bit of reincarnation things, and there's a little bit of stuff going on there. Good. But, um, so we have a few different uh, beliefs, but I, I'm believing that she will come to know the Lord like I know the Lord. And uh, yeah, that's, that's my testimony. I've handed them out like a few other places where I didn't get to see the fruit of it yet, but um, I'm believing that people will come trailing in. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One plants, one waters, but God gives the increase. Uh-huh. So remember, you can count the seeds in a watermelon, but you can't count the watermelons in a seed. You can count the seeds in a watermelon, but you can't count the watermelons in a seed. So I hope that all of you are taking advantage of our tracks. I'm getting nothing but uh, good responses from them. Uh, gave one to a young man yesterday that was knocking on my door trying to sell me something. So I have something better than he does. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just fun. You start, you know, I've learned that I used to just kind of leave a track with the tip at a restaurant. But now I'm handing them to them. And say, here's a little something I wanted to share with you. And that revokes, uh, in, invokes a, a, an answer or response. And that uh, is good because we want them to think. That's the whole purpose of the track. It doesn't give you four ways to get saved and all that kind of stuff or the Romans road or anything else. It's just a thought provoker. Where am I going to be tomorrow, next week, next month, next year? in eternity. And that'll sink in. So like she said, she prayed over the track first. Amen. We've got plenty. We still have plenty left. And I promise you, the printer still will print more. Okay. He doesn't have a limit on the number that he would like to print. So take advantage of that. It's not an in your face slap. What happens if you die tonight, you go to heaven or hell? You know, it's not that kind of deal. It's, it's, a, it's a, pro, a thought provoker. We used to do the heaven or hell deal back in the 80s and 90s, and it worked really well. But today, it's a little different society, so we kind of have to sneak in a little bit, if you would, and get them thinking about, yes, my life on this earth is not going to last forever. But there is a life that will, one place or the other. So thank you, Cammy. That's awesome. And I thank you for using your cheerful personality to reach the world for Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Praise. Let's give a hand clap. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's see, Wednesday night, we're continuing on what lies have you swallowed in our Bible study time. So uh, we, we want you to take advantage of that, those of you that can and will. Uh, we had a real good meeting last couple of weeks, and we'll be doing week three this week. 
And so we're talking about uh, different thoughts and beliefs that uh, are common hearing, but not necessarily in the Bible and not necessarily quoted directly. And we're also talking about some, uh, some things when you read the Bible that you need to be aware of. And we have an acronym last week we shared called STOP. And so um, that's, that's a real good one. And if you don't know what that is, we'll come Wednesday night and we'll tell you what it is. Hallelujah. August 13th, Dr. Chris Cody from World Harvest Church in Paducah, Kentucky will be with us. Um, he was, Chris has just done wonderful things up there. It's just a great church, strong church. He's been up there, golly, like 20-something years now, 21 or two years. And he's just a kid. He, he's, I think he's still in his 40s. So he's just a kid. And uh, we sent him up there when, uh, when there was an opportunity, and he grabbed it and praised the Lord for it. Men, August 25th and 26th. How many of you are men and know it? Okay, you better get your hands up. Come on. <laughs> uh, Remnant Church. Uh, which is a church in Midwest City, is having a men's conference Friday night, August the 25th, and Saturday morning, August the 26th. Pastor Jerry Campers, most of y'all know him. He's one of our board members. He is the keynote speaker, and I will be on a panel with some other pastors on kind of a Q&A thing. So uh, I really want our men to attend, if at all possible. If it's not possible, just praise God. He'll make it possible for you. Uh, be a real good opportunity uh, Pastor Anthony, the pastor there is, um, he, uh, he looks to me to pastor him. And so it's just an opportunity for us to, to be able to gather in a, the uh, enlarged, expanded family that you are a part of. And you may not even know that. And the best way to find out about that is to be there. So praise God for that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for opening the understanding of our minds and hearts and to be able to receive everything that you have for us. Holy Spirit, lead us, guide us, teach us, train us, mentor us, breathe in us the very life breath of Jesus Christ. And let this time be special for you, but let it be special for every person that hears it today and the days to come. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Praise God. You know, one of our, our new tagline kind of, I guess you could say something like that. Is that okay to call it a tagline? Communication director, okay. Um, is where the spirit and the word meet at the cross. And, uh, and I'm not knocking any churches this morning, unless I knock one, I'll tell you. I'll be specific. I don't just do it in general. But so many churches are unbalanced in that. In uh, John 4, Jesus said that you will worship, the day comes and will come, that you worship him in spirit and in truth. And John 17, 17 says that thy word is truth. So we need both. We need the writer of the New Testament who knew everything to write and did it through men and women or whoever wrote it. We don't know about Hebrews yet for sure. Um, but we... We need to, to know that, and we don't, we don't need to be unbalanced without an understanding of the Word, because a lot of charismatics don't know much about the Word. They think they do. And a lot of, uh, I, I won't mention other names, but a lot of those guys don't think about the Spirit. You know, um, Terry and I were having a conversation yesterday about someone, and, uh, you know, it's kind of questionable or not whether they understand the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and and what that means and to be spirit-filled and all that kind of stuff. They may be able to quote the word forwards and backwards, scribes and Pharisees and don't you see he's good, right. okay? But they didn't have the spirit of God. Right. So not condemning anybody, not putting anybody down, just saying uh, if the truth hurts, there might be a little bit in it for you somewhere along the line. So I know everybody here is walking with Jesus and 100% and everything else. Yeah, pat yourself on the back, okay. Uh, we're going we're gonna to do a topic today that is very difficult for pastors to work through because most pastors either want to dwell on this all the time or they never want to touch it. So you're in the day today that we talk about it. This church is almost three years old and we've never talked about tithing from the pulpit. 
Now, Kelly, every week, does a wonderful job of encouraging you about giving, tithing and giving. He does that. But I, there's some things that the Holy Spirit has showed me that I think will be interesting to you um, about some tie-ins with some other things that God has. So um, be ready to, to walk through the, the Word. And I think we had some issues on not getting the Word up today. Okay, so we're not going to do that. Brad's out of state, and so uh, we, uh, anyway, we didn't get the words up, but I blame it on him because he's not here. <laughs> I won't blame it on Maurice or me. <laughs> so praise the Lord. Uh, if you have your Bible or you have your uh, dumb phone, I mean smartphone, uh, you know, you can follow along with us. We're going to be in uh, Malachi chapter 2 and three for a while this morning, and then we're going to go into some other verses. But that's going to be uh, quite a bit of what we're going to be looking at. Malachi 2.17. You have wearied the, world, the Lord with your words. How have we wearied him, you ask? By saying, all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord, and he is pleased with them. Malachi is not known as a last day's writing, but it is a last day's writing, just like Ezekiel and Daniel and Revelation. There's plenty of things in there uh, about the days that we're probably in right now, the last of the last days. And so this ties in, I think, you know, Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. We have no more writings until we hear about John the Baptist. Uh, six months before Jesus, okay? So uh, we want to look at Malachi. There's a lot of good things in there. There's some things about family in there. There's some things about divorce in there. There's just a lot of different things, but we're going to talk today about some of the financial things. Um, so he says, people are calling good evil and saying it's good. Uh, we don't have any of that going on today, do we? Mm-hmm, Yeah. Where is the God of justice? And real justice is equal treatment for equal uh, work or equal opportunities or equal behavior or whatever that is. It's uh, equal opportunity, not equal outcome. So if, if you shoot somebody and Kelly shoots somebody, you both get it, right? You don't, that's just the fair way of doing it. That's the God of justice, to treat people right. And there is justice before the Lord. Chapter 3, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord, and that word Lord there is similar to Adonai, it's Adon, I believe it is. It talks about the Trinity of God. You are seeking, then suddenly the Lord you're seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty, and that's Yahweh there. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. Just think bleach. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. Let's back up just a little bit. A silver refiner. He has this big vat of silver, whether it's this big or this big. And they put it on the fire, and the fire melts the silver, liquefies it, I should say. Doesn't go away, just liquefies it. And the dross, or the impurities, come to the top. And they scoop that off, uh, cool it and scoop it off, and then guess what? They do it again. Cool it, scoop it off. Guess what? Do it again. Third time. Guess what? Do it again, fourth time. Guess what? Do it again, the fifth time. Guess what? Do it again, the sixth time. Guess what? Seven times. And they look into the silver, and it should be a perfect reflection with no impurities, no dots, no wrinkles, nothing. It should be pure, pure, pure when you look at it. And that's the way that they did with silver. So refining silver, somebody like silver, is a process, you know. 
You didn't come out of the womb perfect, in case you didn't know it. You came out messed up. <laughs> and so, you know, there's a process to go through. To be born again, uh, to have your mind renewed, to be spirit-filled, all the things that are, God wants us to do, it's a process. And it's a continual process, and you ain't going to be perfect until you go meet the Lord. Okay? You're still, he's still working on you. And if Kelly was up there preaching, he'd start singing that song. <laughs> he, he throws in uh, songs with no extra charge. And I, I can't charge for mine. Nobody can give me anything for it. <laughs> and then he says, then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. And the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in the days gone by, as in former years. So there's something wrong here with the people. And they're not giving tithes and offerings. And they're obviously not doing anything in righteousness here. Think about that tie-in. Verse 6, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed, i.e., you should have been, <laughs> ever since the time of your ancestors you've turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. And here's a very interesting verse. But you ask, how are we to return? Now, we could read that and think about, they're, they're honestly asking, well, how do we return to you, Lord? But another thought on that is, uh, Lord, everything is so cool with us. We're so great. We've, we just, you know, we just got all this stuff down, Lord. In other words, they're saying, well, why should we return? How can we return? I mean, you know, we're doing it what you want. That's how engrafted they were with sin and unrighteousness. Verse 8, God says, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse. Your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Do you know a nation anywhere on the planet that may be under a curse financially? That has over $32 trillion worth of debt? That is not a blessing. If you didn't know it. <laughs> how would you like to own, you know, own your share of that? <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Your share, okay? Of course, the U.S. has always paid attention to everything God wanted, you know. Well, other than a few things like can't pray in school, kill your babies, you know, all those kind of things. And he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much a blessing that there will be no, not room to, enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. Hmm. Locusts, other things. And the vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed. We've had, we, the U.S. has been blessed greatly. What are we doing with that blessing? Hey, I want some of it. Give me some more government handout money. This, uh, I can't wait for next COVID so I can give me some money. <clears throat> Wrong motivation there. You'll be blessed. You'll be called blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord. Now, what we need to realize is that when we see anything in the Old Testament, we need to see who it's written to and what the purpose of it is. He's talking to Jewish people here. So uh, it, it comes out to be, this is not directly aimed at us, but God says he doesn't change. Okay? So what I want to lay before you is a kingdom principle, not a command that you have to tithe out of Malachi, but a principle that you need to, in my opinion, lock into. And we've got a lot of good tithers in this, this church. And we really do. You, we, there's some faithful people here. And it's, it's like, praise God for it. Praise God for it. 
Uh, we're still small in number. We've got some people out today traveling. Yeah, Brad, where are you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, we got people traveling. He'll hear this, so that, that'll make him smile. Um, we got some people out, but we're we're small group. But folks, we're a good group. And I know you want to honor the Lord in everything you do. And I want to encourage you and bring some truth out rather than just, you know, you got to do this. And I don't see the new, let's just go through it. Okay. Worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Okay. So if we flip back to Genesis 14, we will read where Abram had been in a fight. And this is before he's Abraham. Okay. In fact, it was five kings against four kings. And Abram's nephew, Lot, and other people, their wives, their families, their goods, their fortunes had been taken in this battle. So Abram took his 318 men. We'll preach on that one someday and put it in about a seven-part series. I'll let Pastor Kelly do that. Took his 318 men. Why was it 318? Whipped them all and brought Lot and the rest back. And we read, pick it up in Genesis 14, 17. After Abram returned from defeating Kedalormar, or more, I thought I was going to say that for Kelly's benefit this morning, but I don't guess I did. And the kings allied with him, the king of Sodom came out to meet him in the valley of Shava, that is the king's valley. Verse 18. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. What does that make you think of? The answer is the Lord's Supper. Okay. He was priest of God most high and he blessed Abram saying, blessed be Abram by God most high creator of heaven and earth and praise be to the God most high who delivered your enemies into your hand. The king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the people and keep the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, with raised hand, I have sworn an oath to the Lord, God most high, creator of heaven and earth, that I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or the thong of a sandal, so that you may never be able to say, I made Abram rich. Now, per that's a personal character right there. You know, you're trying to give me a couple hundred grand. I say, nope, not going to take it from you. How many of us would pass that test? <clears throat> Moving right along. Verse 24, I will accept nothing but what my men have eaten and the share that belongs to the men who went with me to Aner, Eskal, and Mamre. Let them have their share. Very interesting part of scripture. Let's note, note a few things. Number one, this is the first time that a tenth or the tithe is mentioned in the Bible. Number two, this is before the old covenant was initiated. In fact, it's even before the Abram or Abrahamic covenant was initiated. But what we need to pick up from this is it was a kingdom principle that became included in the Old Testament or the law, okay? There's a debate today as whether the tithe is for today or not. Our point so far is that because it was before the Old Covenant, doing away with the Old Covenant would not necessarily do away with the principle. There are other things like capital punishment, for instance, in marriage that were instated before the Old Testament and should be taken into account and practice even in the New Testament days. Now, I didn't say everything because some things have been taken out that were practiced before the Old Covenant, like in instance, the Abrahamic Covenant, circumcision, and a lot of the sacrifices that were done then. So there are things that have flown through the cross and there are things that have stopped at the end of the Old Testament when Jesus said, it is finished, it's fulfilled. So, by the way, did I say in Genesis 15, 6 that Abram believed the Lord and it was counted unto him as righteousness? Hmm. Chapter 14, 
chapter 15. Abraham, now Abraham, gave a tenth to Melchizedek. And we're going to get into some things in Hebrews next week about Melchizedek. I don't want to dwell on that today. But the Bible tells us he is a type of Christ. And the Bible tells us that he was greater than uh, Abram because he received the tithe for the Lord. And it also says that Jacob tithed at that time because he was in the loins of Abraham. Now that brings a continual, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that brings a continual sense in it also, being a type of Christ, bringing the fact that it was done before the Old Testament was written, before the Old Covenant was made, that it also uh, carries with it a principle of bringing the first tenth to the Lord, and it seems to be a special blessing upon that. So, um, and by the way, Melchizedek was called, another part of his name identification is king of righteousness. So there's a strong tithe, excuse me, tie in to the tithe or the tenth with righteousness. And it's amazing to me, and I've never heard anybody preach this. And that doesn't, should make you nervous because you know me, I kind of pick out stuff. I get, I get a deep shovel out and pull things out. That doesn't make me smarter than anybody. I know it's been preached before. I just hadn't heard anybody, okay? But there's a great tie-in there with the principle of putting God first, and we're going to bring some more things out about that in just a minute, but putting God first and in you know, a righteous walk with him. The question is, this whole thing is, not that we're obeying a legal decree but we're allowing our heart to be led of the Spirit and show us and develop in us the things that are beneficial to us. Because God cares about your pennies, nickels, and dimes. Now, if I was Kelly, I'd sing 409. I'd save my pennies, my nickels, and dimes, and never would have thought there'd be a time I'd buy a brand new 409. <clears throat> Moving right along. You don't even know that song. I know all the words about what you don't know. Praise God. Okay. Um, okay, remember that. Okay, hold on to that. Don't, don't forget it. But the king of righteousness received a tithe from Abraham, and the king of righteousness was Melchizedek, which is a type of Christ. So the topic, the title of the message today is, What Happened to the Money? What happened to the money? What happened to the moolah hat? You know, have you ever thought, easy come, easy go? You know, there are some things that God does for us financially that is not money. You know, I think I've mentioned before, I think my, my refrigerator, one of the ones I have is uh, 26 years old. And it works. It's there. You can go to my house today, and it's got all the, the different flavored waters and the soft drinks <laughs> and a freezer side with some meat that's ready to be eaten, except it's got to be thawed and cooked first. It works. And, you know, I know somebody, somebody in my family, actually, that spent many times more for a refrigerator. Now, it was, it's got some fancier things. And five years later, I had to buy another one. The warning was out and that thing broke. And it's like, are y'all tithing? You know? I remember what it's like when I wasn't tithing, when I was a non-Christian. That's pagan. And, you know, we bought a house and a few months later we had, we did, I, I have to think through all of it, but, you know, we had to put a roof on the house. We had to put a, an air conditioning compressor in the house. We had to put a hot water tank in the house. And we had to put a dishwasher. And those four items right there took over five months. Happened over five months. And it's like, we were young. We had a baby. And we're being hit with all of these things. The house had been inspected and everything, and you know, it's like, how are we going to do this? My wife ended up going back to work, even though we had a little one. 
And it was just like really heartbreaking for us. But we saw when we were Christians and got the word in us and responded to it in faith, not I got to do this, but in faith, then we saw all kinds of financial blessings coming in that weren't, you know, a check for $100 million in the mail or something. But they were just good things that helped us. We got good deals on things. Stuff lasted longer. We moved out of a house that had an air conditioning unit that was 35 or 36 years old. Still, still good. That, not that house, but another one. Because it was already quite old when we got in it. And I thought, well, we probably have to replace this unit. We stayed there 10 years, and all we ever did was just service it, change the filters. Because God said he'd rebuke the devourer. Now, I'm not going to tell you that everything that happens that's not good is the devil. You know, we're in a world that has things that break. It's a, a, a fallen world, and things break. And, and things have an extended life. They're, that, that, you know, stuff's not going to last forever, ever. But it can last a lot longer. <laughs> and, you know, uh, and my wife, you know, she was so good. She, she started asking about different things that she'd like to get. And I said, put it on your list. She said, what do you mean? I said, put it on a list. Just, that's your prayer list and just, just put it on there. And it got to be kind of a comical thing every time she said, I'd like to get so-and-so. I said, put it on your list. Put it on your list. And you know what? Things start appearing. Amen. That list started getting smaller and she started getting it bigger. <laughs> but she did that for years. And it was amazing. And I'm going to talk more about that next week. But it's amazing when we're faithful to God, how faithful he is to us in actions. See, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You must, re you must believe that he is God and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him diligently. Hebrews eleven six. So the whole story here is, this is an encouragement. This is, you know, if you're not tithing or you're, you're just giving some money and not doing the tenth, you know, I want you to know about this. I want you, it's my responsibility to share. And it's up to you to do whatever you want to do. You know, you're free. It's not going to send you to hell that you don't tithe. No, 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 no. But I sure like some heaven in the meantime before I go to heaven. <laughs> make, make that one clear. <laughs> and there's a lot of you sitting here that you know exactly what I'm talking about because you follow those principles for years and it always works. God is always faithful and he will do what he said he would do. And it's a kingdom principle to be able to do what the Bible indicates that we should be doing. And, and it, maybe there's somebody listening to this right now, maybe somebody in here, maybe there's a situation in your life where, you know, maybe it's a, it's a wife and the husband works and brings home the money and, and he says, I ain't tied to that church over there. Well, let's, let's work on his salvation, put him on the prayer list. But, you know, you may not be able to do that. So maybe you just want to come in here and help Dion for a day or two or something. Whatever it is, that's fine. Do what you can. Just do it to the Lord. And I had a lady in the church I pastored in Texas. And she came in and vacuumed the sanctuary and straightened it all up and, you know, cleaned the restrooms and stuff. She said, I've got to do something. And I can't, I can't do anything. My husband won't let me. But I can do that if you'll let me. Will we let you? Well, let me pray about that one. Oh, the Lord says yes. Okay. <laughs> you know. So praise God. There, there are ways to do it. Some people, uh, you may have heard this. Somebody may have said, hey, look, you know, start out 2% and then work your way up. Well, that's, that's kind of an introduction. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, if your intentions are good and you might see what God's starting to do. And, oh, God is starting to do something in my life. Because God will always outgive you. And we want to glorify him in word or in deed with everything we do. Now, Pastor Kelly does a great job every Sunday, like I said, just encouraging us. So, you know, we don't, this is the first message I've done on giving. Okay. I can preach on it for the rest of the year, next year too, if you want me to. But 
it's, it's, we, we need to walk in kingdom principles. Um, you know, I, I believe that this is a very strong kingdom principle. You search the scriptures. You dig it out. You do, do what the Holy Spirit shows you to do. That's all that I expect anybody to do. There's a, a verse in Proverbs, Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Wow. It's so important, the first fruits, the first part of it. And it's an increase. And, you know, there, there's a lot of things, too. People get a little mis, uh, mixed up a little bit. Uh, I heard a, a preacher say this one time in a meeting I was in at a church I was attending. And I also read it in a magazine that a ministry put out one time. Same basic things. And the magazine actually was, it was a ministry that I was connected with, kind of. And I sent him a letter about it, about their magazine article. And it was hilarious because they sent me a canned letter back. And they were teaching the same thing that I was saying in my letter. In other words, they had somebody that put an article in their magazine that they didn't even agree with either. <laughs> and, and the letter I got back from them was very biblical. Uh, I thought, you might ought to listen a little bit to what that letter of mine said, you know, because you have somebody that wrote a one-time teaching supposedly and that was like they say well you know you you tithe on the gross well you should tithe on your gross income but some people teach that like in the i was in the car business you know so i give car stuff all the time if you have a car that you buy for nine thousand dollars and you sell it for ten thousand dollars you don't tithe on the ten thousand you tithe on the increase you tithe on a thousand dollar profit you made which is a hundred dollars and not a thousand dollars difference in what your tithe is and some people get that all mixed up and then they wonder how come it doesn't work. Well, you're not supposed to tithe on your sales. If you're a farmer, you've got to buy everything there is. You have your machinery, you've got to buy seed, you've got to buy fertilizer, you've got to do this and that and harvest it and everything else. What's the increase? You know, you don't tithe on the amount you sell it for, you go broke. You tithe on the increase. I spent $98,000 planting this crop and I sold it for $135,000. So that's $37,000 increase. And that's where the 10% goes, 3,700, not 13,000. <laughs> and, and I enjoy telling people that. I want them to know, you know. I want them to do what they're trying to do and when they're trying to be obedient and responsive to the word of God and, and take advantage of what God has without any scruples of, you know, investigation here and here. Just, yeah, go ahead and tithe on the whole thing. You've sold it for $20,000, that's $2,000. No. Folks, there's a lot of people out there who want your money. Okay? So be a good steward. Take advantage of godly principles. But keep your pocketbook closed until it's supposed to be open. And that little piece of plastic you got with your name on it and a number on it and a little chip in it, sometimes you need to put that in a bowl of water and put it in the freezer. Okay? And then, you know, when it comes around, then you can wait, wait for a day to, for it to melt. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers. And that uh, uh, Strong's Concordance says that the word prosper there in the Greek is to prosper as in business. So that's what's relating to. But it takes soul prosperity to understand kingdom principles. It takes a righteous thought rather than I'm going to buy me $50 worth of lottery tickets 
and pray that God gives it all to me so I can go buy me this and buy me that and buy me this and that and that and this and yeah, oh you giving person you. <laughs> you know, what's the stats? Most people, something like 90% of people win the lottery. Five years later, they're worse off after they won it. Oh, I can just throw money around. Look at these athletes, movie stars and singers. Oh, my gosh. I remember some years ago there was a professional football player, and he goes and buys a used Ferrari for $750,000, and he paid half down. Now, if you're making several million a year, you probably ought to pay cash for your cars, in my estimation. <laughs> but he did that, and guess what? He lost his contract and lost his car. He lost $375,000. It was repossessed. Could you imagine this special model Ferrari being hauled off on a record? Oh, me. Well, here's a guy that was raised in a poor family and, you know, got a lot of money and he didn't have any understanding of good stewardship and nobody was there to help him. It's sad from that perspective. Uh, Teresa's dad used to buy one lottery ticket every Friday and she says, once you give that to the Lord, he'll bless you with for that amount of money. (laughs) I said buy a lottery ticket. I'm wrong. He he walked $20 worth of lottery tickets every Friday. $20 worth. She said, you put that in the wrong place. (laughs) I loved it. My wife always beat around the bush. That's what you ought to do. Another thing is in the New Testament, everything should belong to Jesus. So he gave us all, do we? So regardless if you believe the tithe or not, you should seek him for what you want to do. Remember, he knows the word. Oh, that's his name, isn't it? The word. Yeah, okay. Um, This is the work of God for this church. Money comes here, we're good stewards. We're, We're not just throwing it out the window. You know, we're doing righteous things with it. And we have oversight on that. You know, we, we have several people connected with it. We have a board that approves it, sees it. Uh, we, we take care of your tithe money and use it for what we're supposed to in righteous statements. I'm not driving a brand new Ferrari, by the way, or even a 50-year-old one. I do have a nice new car, but it's pretty, pretty low dollar when you look at what, what I paid for it. But it sure is fun. It gets great gas mileage. (laughs) Hallelujah. And what is not debatable about the subject of tithing is the testimonies that come from people's lips. The people that know that they know that they know they've experienced it and what God has done for them. Now, let's tie some things together. Matthew 6, 28. Jesus speaking here. Matthew 6, 28. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. He doesn't want a bunch of naked Christians running around the place. A little scary. Verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Seek his kingdom, his righteousness. These things will be there. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. God takes care, praise God. And it's all based upon seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. See how financial 
prosperity and blessing is connected to righteousness? Wow. Romans 14, 17 says the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So we're seeking the kingdom of God. We're seeking not eating and drinking, but of righteousness and of peace and of joy, those things. And guess what God gives us? Righteousness and peace and joy and all of the things that go with it. Praise God. Matthew 23, 23. I'm just picking out a few verses. I encourage you to read before, read after them, put them in proper perspective. I don't have time to do that with all these verses. But, I, you know, that's your homework. Matthew 23, 23. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Hypocrites or not, hip with it. <clears throat> You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. There's an endorsement right there for the tithe by Jesus. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat but swallow a camel. Sweet, loving Jesus, telling me like it is. <laughs> Jesus didn't beat around the bush either, did he? So there's a confirmation <clears throat> in the New Testament upon tithing. He says you're supposed to do these things and these things. You should do the tithe, but you should also do these other things because they're very important. And then uh, Matthew six nineteen. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. Now that's... That includes money, but it's not limited to money by any means. What are we supposed to be seeking? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Okay? When we seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, we're storing up treasure in heaven. Thank you for that one amen. We're, we're storing up treasure in heaven because of the righteousness that we're seeking, which is God's righteousness, he's imputed us, but we also get to live it out. We get to walk in that way. So God has made me righteous in Christ. And when I act like that, then I'm going to be blessed, but so are the people around me. Yes. And if I'm not acting in righteousness and everybody wants to kind of take their own little time and not be real close to me, which is expected. That's the reason little children love joyful people. Just like that, they know. <laughs> it's great. By all means, what happened to the money becomes a little more clear. Who should we partner with financially? The bank? Merrill Lynch? The flesh, oh, it's always something for the flesh, the flesh, the flesh, or Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean don't use a bank, don't use Merrill Lynch, don't buy things for yourself. That doesn't mean any of those things. <clears throat> what it means is that we partner with him and we won't have buyer's remorse the next day because we went out and spent X number of dollars on whatever it is because he's leading us and guiding us and showing us. And you go to a place and you're gonna buy something and the Spirit of God shows you that that choice was not good. You need to wait for another day or go to another place or not buy that one to buy this one instead. Why? He, he just wants to be involved with you. And if you don't ask him, he's not gonna tell you a whole lot. He may show you some things, but you know, he doesn't care if you have chocolate, vanilla, strawberry ice cream, but he cares whether you have one dip or 10. 
See how easy it is to practice kingdom living? You know? And so we don't practice things for to be shown, to make, bring, bring up attention to ourselves. We just do it with the love and joy of Jesus Christ knowing we're doing the right thing. We're walking in the righteousness that he spoke that we can walk in. And that's what's important. That's what's freedom making. We need to be free and in Christ we are. Sometimes we entangle ourselves <clears throat> with burdens that we don't need to bear. So what we need to do is not be burdened down like the scribes and the Pharisees and Sadducees and don't you see want you to be. Religion will burden you. Christianity will free you. Praise God. So according to your faith, so be it unto you. And that's freedom. Praise God. So next week, we're going to do part two. Uh, I was going to do this in one week, and I thought, oh, you know, you know me. <laughs> we, we draw out sometimes. Those series get a little longer, but uh, we're going to do that. And then uh, Dr. Cody's going to be here the next week, so we'll be on something new. Praise God. Study the scriptures that I gave you. Uh, look at them in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Look at them and read them and, and meditate them. Some of them you, you probably need to put to memorization. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you. Matthew 6, 33. You know? They become engrafted in you. Receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. So that's the renewing of the mind that Romans 12 talks about. The good, acceptable perfect will of God progressing in our lives each and every day. Amen. Praise God. Okay. Give the Lord a hand clap.